I'm Randy Rohde, and I'm fascinated with entrepreneurs and small business owners. Plus, I love baseball. Every show, I sit down with a small business owner, and we discuss their running the bases of entrepreneurship. We throw the ball around on strategy, management, execution, and innovation. Plus, a little fun baseball talk. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Settle in, grab your Cracker Jacks, and you know what they say. Play ball. Okay. Hey, it's a great day for a ball game. This is Randy Rohde, and uh, you're listening to Running the Bases with Small Businesses. And today we've got a local entrepreneur in our midst, uh, David Randall from Water High. This guy's a graphic designer, marketing professional, watercolor painter, uh, and the founder and CEO of Water High Clothing Apparel. So pretty exciting stuff. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Look forward to this. This is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. Love. I'm glad you're hanging out with us. Before we get started, uh, I do have to ask you. So, um, you know, we're going to listen to all about Water High and the the very cool brand and apparel concept that you have going for us. But I really want to, as well, hear about your background, your history in watercolor painting. I, I have to tell you, I think you're the first on the show that we've had, at least to my knowledge, somebody is a closet watercolor painter, but I mean, you put it out there. You've got some great stuff. I've seen it on your website. It's beautiful. No, I appreciate it. It's definitely my main hobby when I have the extra time to pursue it, but it's something I've been doing since I've been about 12 years old. My parents signed me up for a course basically to kind of maybe keep me out of trouble as a 12-year-old. I took my first lessons at the Valley Arts Center here in Chagrin Falls. Oh, yeah. They signed me up for a color, a couple of weekend workshops with some, with some notable artists. The first week shop, workshop was like a three-hour course, and my dad came to pick me up afterwards, and I had my painting out in front of me, and he actually thought it was the instructor's painting. So that was my first, like, maybe I can do this at, you know, at nice. a very young age. So then yeah. I continued with the, the coursework with another local artist. Most people know Marianne Boyson, okay. Sugar and Falls resident, and um, took about a year or two of lessons with her. And from then, I've just been painting on my own you know, ever since. Wow. It's just something I love to do when I, when I have the time to do it. So. Yeah, that is awesome. Since 12. So let me ask it, did it actually keep you out of trouble? For the most part, it did. It did. I think it really did. Um, it was just a fun thing to have as a, as a as a boy. And then, you know, in high school, I did it. And I had a show. And, yeah. you know, I played sports. I played football and ran track. So yeah. I'd leave the track or the football field and go paint. So it was kind of a diverse type thing as a teenager, to, you know, to have that. And I tell you, I think it is great. One of my college roommates is an artist as well. And he, uh, I used to sit and watch him just do this because I'm like, how in the world? I, it was like, he would just sit and scratch stuff out, but he could do pencil and ink and charcoal. He used to love to do that. You know, the, the mind of an artist, I think is just fascinating how you guys can visualize in your, in your brain, how you see it, and then can put it out on some whatever the the platform is, I think is amazing to me. So yeah, and a great, a great example. Yeah. Just two nights ago, actually, um, down in the Outer Banks, I was down there a couple months ago with my son doing some business, and the um, neighbor was throwing out an old surfboard, and we saw him put it out in the bin, and yeah. and he took it back out of the bin, and he put it back in the bin, and we went down to talk to him and said, "Are you throwing that away?" He's like. I am, but it's hard for me to do this. I've taught, oh. taught my kids how to surf on this board. I've 
thought my ex-wife had to surf on this board, and it's just hard for me to throw it in that bin. I said, what if I take it back to Cleveland and put it to good use? So just a couple nights ago, two or three nights ago, I put it out in the deck and lit it up and got a bunch of acrylics out and painted a um, a big seascape on the surfboard, which I'll use at some trade shows uh-huh. and put it in the office. And But you're right. It's the um, first time for that kind of canvas for me, but it's it's fun. It is kind of- How cool. Just, I think I actually saw that on Facebook. I think yeah. you had it posted out there, which is yeah. very cool. Yeah, I'm super excited uh, to talk with you today. Water High, I love this concept. I love the brand. I'm excited because uh, David's a new client with us with Water High. And I just think this thing is so cool. And I invite folks, go to waterhigh.com. Go check out some of this really creative, unique artwork that's on clothing and uh, apparel. It's just as really something... Tell us about Water High, the concept, the idea. It, it kind of mystifies me a little bit, almost like watercolor painting. <laughs> like, how did you come up with it? Or, or, or why in the heck is a guy in <laughs> Chagrin Falls, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, developing a, a coastal-inspired <laughs> lifestyle brand? Right, yes. <laughs> so I guess the, the answer to that, I'll, I'll make it short, but I'll just kind of go back over a 30-year career, and it's kind of a winding path that kind of took me here. So finished school in Ann Arbor in, in 1989, and got a job out of the gate at an advertising agency in, in Cleveland. And my degree was like basically general studies. I had a minor in English and a minor in psychology and a minor in astronomy. Or otherwise, I don't know what the heck. I'm kind of do. everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Waited tables and took a job. And so for about nine years, I worked with some large, large advertising agencies, managing the BP oil business for one. And and that sort of ran its course. And then the principal of the Cleveland office of this firm and I and the creative director went off and started our own small advertising agency. We had offices in Chagrin Falls, actually. It was called uh, Playground Advertising, and we pretty much did toy commercials for toy companies. Oh, very fun. And we did that for about three or four years. And then the three of us had differing, differing viewpoints of where we wanted to take it. So we kind of soft landed that guy. And then I got involved with another startup with a friend, uh, which was an online furniture import business. We did that and it was very aggressive, aggressive business model, raised a lot of money. And that was right prior to one of the major crashes. I forgot what year, but the (laughs) the economy basically just completely trashed and that business was ill-fated. So at that point, I'm like, okay, I've done this. I've done that. You know, I I think it's time for me to go off my own, which was probably like 15 years ago, I believe. So for 15 years, I've had my own uh, marketing firm, small marketing firm, graphic design. You know that some of the things I do. Right basically offering communication, marketing, design services for small business. During that time, though, I've always been intrigued with the apparel business. I've sort of been observing and watching and sort of been a student of it. I'm not a fashion guy, I'm not, but it's just been a business I've always, always been interested in. Right. So about two years ago, I'm thinking about, okay, where I am in my career. I said, maybe I got you know 10 more years of this, 10 more years of a hard push, and do I want to continue doing what I'm doing? Yeah, I love what I'm doing. I love my clients. I'm friends with all the clients, and I'm, I really enjoy what I've been doing. But do I want to do it all the way to the end game? So I started thinking about something else, and then the apparel thing was like, I, I think I have the tools and the experience to develop a brand that maybe can do better than some of the brands that are out there. Mm. So this is where Water High comes in, actually. I just I, – I, I, committed to two weeks alone down in the Outer Banks, which is kind of our second home. We go down, I've been vacationing down there my whole life with family. And so I'm, it's kind of my second home. Right. And so I went down there two weeks alone to, to work and to paint. 
And the third goal was to come home with a brand and just come home with that ocean, you know, inspired brand. And while I was down there, it's early spring, it was early April, crappy weather, typical winter storms and spring storms bring a lot of water in and driving up, the, up and down the beach that week or those two weeks, there's these large high water signs everywhere. High water, warning the, the traffic, you know, to look out for the high oh, water. Yeah, right, right. So I'm thinking one night, maybe that's the brand, high water. Just turn that into an ocean-inspired culture, ocean, ocean culture um, lifestyle brand. And then I kept thinking about it, like, is that the answer? Is that it? What are the other ideas? And then I just flipped it, just completely flipped it and just played around with it. And Water High came out. And it's uh-huh. kind of the same notion of Rocky Mountain High. Right. You know, it's, there's no such thing in the ad business. One thing you learn, there's, there's no such thing as a purely original idea, right? <laughs> Every good idea is based on another idea. And uh-huh. so John Denver offered a little assist in this one. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the, the genesis of the brand is it's, it's for people who get high on water, right. get a high out of water, get euphoria of being in on or by the water, whether it's fishing or ocean or beach or lake or water sports or bathtub dishwashing, whatever it is, you know, right. it's been proven that, you know, human beings have a lifelong affinity for water. Yeah. You know, we come from water, we're, we're made of water. I thought there was something to it. Yeah. Yeah. So there is this like incredible attraction. And I think, you know, when you look at some of the imagery and things either on your website or just anywhere and you see that beautiful sunset happening over a beach or an ocean, a lake, a river. There is that serenity or peace or, but just a sensation definitely, I think that begins to overcome. When you look at your uh, designs and I, I think the overall feel of what you're communicating absolutely connects, you know, it does the, the water high, it just makes sense. You know, and there's, there's, there's a science behind it, actually. I mean, and there's, there's a gentleman by the name of Jay, uh, Jay Wallace Nichols. He's a PhD. He's an ocean scientist. He's based out of California. And a mutual acquaintance put Jay and I, Dr. Jay and I together. And he wrote a book after 15 years of research on the science of water high, basically. The hmm. physiological and the psychological benefits we get from being on in or by the water. So I was fortunate enough to spend about three hours on the phone with him about a year ago, you know, discussing Water High. And he wrote a book called Blue Mind. So basically he's the science behind Water High. And he kept, the reaffirmation I got after being on the phone with him was really powerful because he started intertwining the, the, the phrase Water High with Blue Mind. His, his phrase for it is Blue Mind. Mine is Water High. So mine is more of the celebration of it and his is the science behind it. So. Okay. So I'm still in touch with Dr. J. I'm one of his patrons on his Patreon site. And so hopefully in the near future, we can actually collaborate, you know, some yeah. more. But, but yeah, there's definitely a science behind Water High. How crazy is that? So, so here you are probably uh, enjoying life in the Outer Banks thinking, I need a brand name. I'm trying to think of something. And here's some guy, wherever he is. With, on the West Coast. On the West Coast, yeah. like hanging out and having all of this science business and need something to connect it with and a reality. And you guys like, boom, serendipitously come together and hook it up. That is cool. So I mentioned about you know, the, the, the unique designs. And I, I've just have never seen anything like what you guys produce. I mean, the artwork is so original and so colorful, so uh, alive. And again, I just think it's a complete connection with the, 
the brand name Water High and that feeling, I think, that that you get. I mean, when there's some of the stuff that you have on your shirts, the, the cresting wave and, and some of this stuff that I'm like, ah, that's just like being right there. And, but it helps like create that feeling. So tell us about the design, the artwork. What's the story behind that? Uh, there's a couple of, a couple of stories behind it, but, but first, you know, back to the brand, people throw out the term lifestyle brand when it comes to clothing, right? It's a lifestyle. And, you know, one of the early ones, obviously, still at it, and uh, Life is Good is a great example of a lifestyle oh, yeah. brand. There's a bunch of them that I've, that I've followed, but this is more of a, it's a lifestyle brand. You can call it that, but I refer to it as an experiential brand. So it's something you can actually have an emotional attachment to. So if you're one of the many people that, you know, love to go to the beach, whatever, you know, ocean, or you're a fisherman, or whatever it is, but you relate to getting that high out of the water and you relate personally and emotionally to that feeling that that's where I want to be. Even if I only spend a week in my life, I'm here in Cleveland or I'm in Minneapolis, whatever it is. But if I spend a week in my life and that's the, the most enjoyable week of my life, I can really relate to water high. Mm-hmm. So the art, you know, needs to reflect that. It needs to take that experience with you a little bit. So the obvious answer is, you know, maritime themed art, right, you know, right. the typical stuff. And, so, you know, over a year ago when I was starting to design some of the garments during my night job, which is what it's been for about a year and a half, <laughs> you know, I came up with some, you know, some cool stuff and some good designs and some early on things. And then it kind of occurred to me that I need to take it beyond my perspective, you know, my outlook or my my design feel. This is the true story. It's a, it's a great little story, but it's a big part of the brand is um, there was a little coaster that I've had for years next to my computer. It's got a really cool design on it. It's um, color pencil and watercolor and pen and ink mixed. And I just was looking at it and I've, I've liked it for years. And it just hit me one night, like this could be water high. This is kind of the personality and the style I'd love to have represent water high or be a big part of it. So I said, I got to find out who this is. And, and there was a little tiny signature on it. I'm not sure where I got it. It was a gift. And I'm pretty sure it came from the Outer Banks from an art store down there. Mm. Got like a magnifying glass out and made out the word Stephanie on it and went online and just started looking for artist named Stephanie out of banks and found her. And (laughs) she's from from Buxton, North Carolina. Um, Stephanie Kiker is her name. And she's just a brilliant, brilliant artist and a wonderful person. And I I got in touch with her. I put together a proposal. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just come out of the blue. It came out of the blue. And, but I put together a five page, you know, here's my thought. Here's the idea behind water high. Here's what I want to do with it. And I sent this to her and she always tells the story like, you know, what the heck is, who is this, this Yahoo in Cleveland contacted me about <laughs> licensing my art or using my art for this new company he's, he's come up with. And so we went back and forth a couple of times and um, she actually contacted a licensing expert on the West coast who's involved in the surf business, who's actually written books on licensing deals with artists and, right. and brands. And, um, and this person told her, it looks like he's, you know, he's got a good idea. He's got the, his heart's in the right place. Why don't you follow up and, and you know, see what it's all about? So we were able to get together and put together a deal. And um, we've been working together for almost two years. And, and I visit her a lot down whenever I go down there. And she's been involved in a couple of press conferences with me and her designs are just wonderful. So I've been incorporated probably about 15 to 20 of her designs. And they're kind of, I call it the signature series. Right. And in the future, I want to find some additional artists to represent the brand because the inspiration is twofold. It's, it's water inspired, but it's also original art. I didn't want it to just be 
clip art and right, right. the typical one or two color graphic designs you see. I wanted this to people to see it and say, that's, that's original. That's a really unique piece of art. So to go back to your question, I think a big piece of the, the design and the art is as a result of, of being able to connect with Stephanie Kiker. Some of the stuff is just great. I mean, you got the big, uh, I'll call it a sea turtle. I don't know what that big thing is. What is that? What it is? A sea yeah, turtle. Yeah, it's a big loggerhead. Uh, yeah, I mean that thing is so cool. My my daughter loves the whole kind of the I'll call it a whale tail uh, emblem on a shirt that I got for her, and so fun. It's feel good. It, it really you know. is the feel good stuff. So, folks, go if you haven't uh, gone to go check it out yet. Waterhigh.com. You know, your sounds like an entrepreneur at heart. I mean, you've been involved in a lot of different kinds of things before you launched water high, you know, that takes a certain kind of confidence in, you know, continuing to kind of pursue and push and do things. You were launching water high in an odd time in our world and society right now. Can you dig a little bit further into this confidence maybe that either you have or you know that you believe that you built over time or maybe even just recognized in yourself like hey I've I've got this thing and especially I think for folks who are thinking about starting a business even what what do you think about confidence what what's your thoughts there yeah I think it's everything I think you and I are kindred kindred spirits you know with a corporate background turned into an entrepreneurial background mm. confidence is everything ego is nothing you know what I mean? I think you you got to have the confidence if you believe in your abilities or you believe in an idea you have, you know, go at it, do it, keep working at it, fail at it. But the ego part I think is critical. I think you got to have no ego when you're when you're in this type of business, when you're starting something up, you need to listen and learn and you know work with collaborate and work with other people, but I think I guess the confidence thing is I'd, I'd prefer to work for myself than to work for someone else. And the other people, I, the only other people I want to work for are our clients, you know, mm-hmm. whether they're purchasers of this product or clients I've had in the past 15 years, mm-hmm. you know, the client. So any challenges? So, you know, especially kind of coming out of hopefully we're coming out of, but in, in working through kind of this pandemic environment, I mean, it's been challenging for a lot of different people, but how has it been, for you launching a brand and I shouldn't this concept. And as you've said, you you've been thinking about this and have been in various stages of launch for a couple of years. Uh, I think you and I probably first even kicked around the idea. Uh, it probably was two years ago. Actually, I loved it back then as well. Has this been difficult coming through COVID as well for you? Has it been, have some challenges? Yeah, I think the and two primary challenges that come to mind. And obviously COVID was, is, has been a six month rain delay. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of baseball, it's, yeah. and that's exactly what it's been. You know, the plan was to launch this thing pre-spring and put some finances behind it and get with you and get this thing going, put the sale out. And, but for the online business, it's a drop ship business primarily. So you order, it's printed and shipped and packaged and it, and it arrives and, the providers I've been using are typically a two-day turnaround, quick ship. You know, right, the customer right. they want it now; they don't want to wait. And but through the COVID experience, these providers, you know, the supply chain just went from two days to forty-five days. So I, I didn't want to promote the site and have people get excited and buy right, something and right. wait two months for it. So that's been the delay. And these providers are back to the two-day; they're back to normal now. So yeah. that's why you and I are. 
things good. are things are happening with us. But I think yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that would make it a little challenging for somebody when I order something and it's like, what? Dude, what's going on? Yeah, that talk about a one-time customer. Oh, you, so yeah. you can't have that. And, yeah. But I think the other challenge is is like I mentioned my my night job and day job. It's just you know having that leap of faith. When is it time to to jump from one to the other? There's a lot of financial implications, and I think I just got it to the point. And I do recently, I do have an equity partner, a private equity partner, who's a managing partner, who's given me some resources to make that take a little bit of risk out of that mm-hmm. decision. So now it's all all in on water high and and no, no turning back. Well, that's exciting. Absolutely an exciting venture. All right. Hey, David, in case you're not familiar, but I always say it is that time. And it's time for the seventh inning stretch. Okay, David. So in case you don't know, we've been talking about water high and all of that fun stuff. Now we're going to talk a little bit about baseball. All right. All right. Uh, One of my favorite topics as well. So um, research team has done a great job, as usual, on finding some baseball-related conversation that we can have in relationship to your industry here. Uh, We'll call it um, fashion apparel, if you would. All right. Uh, Lifestyle brand in baseball. All right. So uh, of course there's massive sports apparel companies out there. Nike, Adidas, Puma actually is, I think they're the number three now. These guys have really come on. So a little bit of history around baseball and jerseys and all of that stuff, all of the wear. Okay. So think of MLB uh, fashion, retail fashion. Okay. Going to give you a question. This will be the question. We'll give a little background and some stuff on this here in a sec as well. MLB properties. So MLB, you know, baseball's been around 151 years, I believe it is now. What year was it that MLB properties for licensing so that people like yourself could replicate uh, and make jerseys and any of these other kinds of things? When do you think that that licensing was formed? MLB properties for licensing. I want to guess, I would guess in the 1980s. Ah, uh, no, uh, earlier than that. Okay. But, you know, the 1980s, though, it is interesting. So actually, it was formed in 1966, but not nothing really happened. Right. right? I mean, nothing. I mean, even at that point, it was still fairly unregulated. Um Jerseys, you know, if you saw stuff, they were still very much custom ordered. And if you think way before even the 60s or 50s or wherever, everything was custom ordered. Like you would have to go to a shop or maybe there were some little specialty, very local specialty shops. People would knit you sweaters. And I mean, but it was very, very customized, very special ordered. Okay, I, I whiffed on that one. That's all right. And then the licensing occurred. And then the 70s, eh, not so much. But then through some technology where they could do this heat transfer lettering uh, on shirts and stuff, then some of this stuff began blowing up. And it wasn't really until the early 80s that the leagues, so back to your 80s at least, because that's when you started seeing all of a sudden the leagues getting involved and policing the trademarks and the logos 
CEOs and working with larger companies to create mass amounts of jerseys. And then you could really kind of see if you look early baseball footage, you know, in the 70 people were wearing Indians jerseys to out the in games. the stadiums yeah. in the games. And then you flash forward 10, 15 years into the 80s. And then you got you see people out wearing jerseys and stuff. So do you know what the very probably the most popular way before early days of baseball. What do you think the most popular kind of fan wearable fan wear? Wow. So I'm thinking back to a hundred years ago, hundred years ago, Babe Ruth. Yes. Days. Yeah. The, the babe. God, the wearable would be, I mean, ball caps would be one thing. Um, uh, caps were good and still very customized though. They had to all be hand sewn, right. By right. somebody buttons. 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 Somehow, okay. I don't know why, but they could make and press buttons huh. easily. So they, buttons was the big deal. People would walk and, and wear buttons. And, and show, you know, who, show who you're rooting for and exactly. wear it on your yes, sweater. Yeah. And, and okay. that is a huge collector's item in the marketplace. So anyway, that's a little bit of baseball cool. talk. Wasn't Excellent. that hard, was it? No, that's hey, great. All right, well, let's get back into <laughs> it. What have been some of the key learnings you've gained through the process so far? If you had to do it all over again from day one, would there be anything or things that you would do differently? You know, to be honest with you, not a lot. Um, it's taken a little bit longer than I had hoped, even pre COVID, you know, the idea has been, and I had it trademarked actually two years ago. It's been a U.S. trademark for two years. And I guess if I would have done anything differently, I would have um, pursued some funding earlier than I did. So I would probably be a year earlier into this, if mm -hmm. that occurred, then it would have, mm -hmm. that could have you know, left the, the day job, the night job, night job thing. But I'm not really regretting the timing at all. I think I've learned a thousand little things. Back in January, I went to the Surf Expo, which is the big trade show, the North American trade show for any retailer or product or, or brand that's in the water, coastal, surf, skate um, realm. And I went and walked it. I didn't quite know what I was doing, didn't have the confidence to actually, you know, pay for a booth, go out there and, and, and cross my fingers that people would show up. And the first hour or two of the show, I kind of got really depressed because I saw, and it's an enormous, it's a large show and yeah. all the brands are there and there's a lot of, and I just saw 50 to 60 to 75, basically t-shirt companies. Right. I'm like, geez, what, what am I doing? You know, but then I spent more time and, and noticed that, you know, they're kind of, I don't want to be negative towards any other business, but I just noticed there's kind of a, was a little bit of a herd mentality. They're kind of all doing the same thing. They're trying to get the lowest price point and all the designs were your standard things that you buy in shops when you go, you know, surf art, the compass, the anchor, the right. sailfish, you know, great stuff. So it occurred to me, so for the next the rest of the afternoon, I still realized that Water High is very unique. It is the only experiential brand that I'm seeing here, to be honest with you. So I went from a, a low to a high in one day and said, okay, I got a lot of confidence. And plus I was meeting a lot of people and had my shirt on and passing out some cards. I guess that was the biggest learning experience is to not be deflated. You know, and just, God, you, you got to believe in it and, and, and go for it. And um, so that was one of the biggest things. And I've had lots of reaffirmations along the way. In fact, in that, at that same show, I was fortunate enough to be introduced to the owner and founder of Kitty Hawk Kites, which is a chain of shops mm -hmm. and outfitter locations up and down the coast, actually, primarily on the Outer Banks, but they're in Florida and Maine. And, and I spent a little time with the owner and who's kind of legendary on the East Coast from a retail standpoint. He also 
is pretty much the pioneer of, of hang gliding. And wow. yeah. he opened up his first shop in 1974 next to the big dunes, Jockey's Ridge and the Outer Banks and, and taught hang gliding lessons. And, and he got it. I know I, he handed me his business. Actually, I handed my business card to him. He looked at the art. I explained what water high was. He knew I was new at this. And it was a five-minute discussion walking the concourse. Handed me his card. Says, I'm going to take you out in the Outer Banks. Call me after the show. So that was the first, like, okay, this is great. So talk, talk about an all-time high right, right there. Yeah. So that was nine months ago. And we're in the stores. We're in all the, you know, a lot of the locations. And, uh, and I guess a big learning experience, since I haven't done this, is sort of the operational aspect of to right. it, the nitty-gritty, like the proper way of, of putting packing slips on boxes when you're shipping wholesale, what they expect, the pricing, and um, the whole pricing models and the margins. So I was fortunate enough to have a, a, a retailer, as in Kitty Hawk Kites and Kitty Hawk Surf, to be, have a little bit of patience with me, right. knowing that this is new. And so I've learned a ton from them. So the next go around with the next retailers and reorders, et cetera, I have a really much stronger sense of how to do it, yeah. where to price it. And when you're small and when you're growing, your, your margins aren't going to be as good as they will next year because your buying power kind of stinks right now. Right. You know, the, the more you buy, the better your margins are going to be. So to me, to me, the first year is really, and my, you know, my partner, financial partner agrees, it's more about customer acquisition. Than, than margins and revenue. It's getting customers, getting it out there, building an audience. And that's the most exciting th- thing I'm excited about right now is because you and I are going to really start digging in on that and, yeah. and, you know, and, and go fishing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, right. I yeah. love it. Yeah. And, and what a great story too. Just, you know, you kind of walk in the floor. I can, you can almost visualize it. Like here you are kind of wearing your water high shirt and you know like hey I, I don't have a friend here but i'm gonna i'm here right and just putting it out there and just to meet this guy and boom 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 one thing after the other and here you are in a, in, in their stores and yeah the, the cool thing about the one thing about that show is i was fortunate enough, i don't even know how it happened i didn't finagle it but i was able to i got a buyer badge so the badge walking it when it says buyer on it yeah every booth whether they're large they want you to come in oh sure <laughs> and so salt life people know salt life and this is salt life is actually one of the inspirations for me doing this because i just i saw what they did i know their story and i just felt like i could do it a little bit differently and be broader have much broader appeal and i just walked up to the entrance they had a private large large booth and the, one of the reps saw me and invited me right in and so I, I told him out of the bat, I said, I'm not a buyer. I'm here doing research and I'm starting a new brand. And he couldn't have been nicer. And he actually gave me his card and said, hey, if you, if you need some help down the road, you have some questions, feel free to you know, contact me. So yeah. that's kind of, I think that's how the industry is. People want to help each other. And yeah. So, yeah. So. Well, that's a great story. And, you know, one of the things that I love as you're sharing this, and especially for our audience that's listening and thinking about launching whatever business venture that may be. There's a couple of things that I think that you touch on, which is terrific. One, you didn't go, all right, I know everything and how to do this, that you recognized, I don't know everything and that's okay. I'll learn it. We'll figure it out. And, right. and I think that's great because often, and you can talk to any business person probably is that hey, there's a lot of things that happen. Nobody knew how to 
conduct business during a worldwide pandemic. Uh, How in the world, uh, what, you know, how is that going to impact? And the smartest CEOs strategy and business plans went out the window in February, March, and it's okay. Right. So, you know, I love, I love your transparency. They're like, I didn't know how to do this and where I'm figuring this out, you know, as we go. And, and the other thing, I think a great lesson too, that you shared is that you did both a day job and a night job. So um, recognizing I've got to do what I have to do if I really want to commit to this, but I still have to have that foundation, right? You can't put stuff at risk because otherwise I'm not even going to be able to launch the dream because I won't have the financial support to do it. Kids are in college. (laughs) Right. You got people that says dad. Right. Yeah. Right. But I think those are great, great lessons around that. So here you are, you're launching your, I I say you're launching, but you're, you're in the midst of it, right? So you're, you're acquiring wholesale customers. So getting into stores, we're expanding and getting great greater visibility to your site as well, um, where they can go on and buy direct. What's your approach for expansion? I mean, what's around the corner then for Water High? Where do you, maybe short term, like in the next six, 12 months, but even beyond, are you looking over the horizon a little bit and thinking like three to five years, what you want to be the next life is good? Yeah. You know, it's, it's a great question and, and it's probably smart to have that kind of planning in place, but my, my partner and I, and he's wonderful, by the way, he's not, he, he's there for any support or wisdom, sharing his experiences when I ask for it. You know, he's not micromanaging or anything, right. but I think we both agree that it's too early to set goals as far as financial goals or timing or the end game. If you know, we want to sell this down the road, we don't know what that time frame is. We agreed to, let's, let's talk about that in six months six or 12 months, then we'll know, then we'll have learned everything. We'll have one whole full, you know, annual cycle into this. Right, right. We'll have a better idea what kind of volume we can do um, in wholesale, what kind of volume one store represents, 30 stores, a hundred stores, what kind of online volume we can, we can generate and what kind of online community we could, we could develop. And, and then we can sit down and say, okay, here are our goals right now is to acquire as many customers as we can on the wholesale end and the, on the online piece, keep ramping it up, generate a buzz in the industry and meet more and more people, take advantage of opportunities. And I think one of the things I'm going to need um, to keep growing this is um, besides partnering with you on the digital marketing side and, and having, um, my other partner is to, you know, when is it time to get help? Because mm. I've, I've been, you know, on my own from day one on this, just getting people's reactions to things. And it's, it's been well received, but now it's time to actually have someone on a daily basis, like a general manager right. that could say, okay, that, that I could, that can manage the finances, manage, help with some sales, continuing to build the ship. And I can focus on design, meeting artists, helping with sales, um, just taking advantage of opportunities. Going out and, and doing a um, some kind of event with you know Dr. Nichols on Blue Mind and Water High, just mm-hmm. and thinking mm-hmm. big and looking for influencers, influencers and potential celebrity endorsements is a big right, thing. Right. You, know, you never know, right? Yeah, yeah. A, pe- a few people have told me that to to launch a successful apparel brand is about as difficult as getting a hit record. <laughs> you know, it's pretty difficult and. I think I've got the hit record. The name of the song is Water Eye. And okay. now the song's just got to be written and, and it's got to get some airplay. And a few lucky breaks down the road, you know, if someone, we can find the right influencers, and whether it's some 
Some guy on Instagram was getting 100,000 views of every video because he's the expert skimboarder and he decides to wear one of our rash guards. Just that I want to be able to take advantage of those things and not be bogged down in the daily, daily stuff. And, right. But I think that's the future as far as goals is to who's the crew? Where, right, where's right. The, right? And yeah. I hate to keep using yeah. boat yeah. analogies, but I'm just, that's how I've been talking yeah. for two years. So. Right, right. <laughs> so. You could use baseball too. That's fine. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> What does the family think about all of this? So here you, you quit the day job. Now you're focused on the night job. What do they think? They're excited about it. Yeah. You know, they're, they kind of sit back and go, you know, they're very hopeful. This is what I wanted to do for the next, you know, 10 years or whatever it is, you know, for, you know, there's two motivations to do. I, I loved what I was doing, but I want to find something that I really love to do for the next 10 years. And, and of course, the second motivation is financial. You know, I wanted to take the ceiling off the off the roof and take the roof off and have no ceiling, put it right. that way, and see where it could go. Yeah. And they're very hopeful and supportive, and they love the concept. They share it with their friends, and so they're all very much behind it. Oh, um, they're great. all they, they they've been shaking their heads for about two years. Like, yeah. what you, what is this? Why are you doing this? Does the world need another apparel brand? No, it doesn't. But. but They've been shaking their heads, but they're very, very supportive. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that it's, uh, they would need to be and to go on this venture with you. So I'm sure that's uh, very, very welcome. All right. So here we are, bottom of the ninth, Dave. What advice do you have for rookies? I mean, you're just, I, I kind of feel like you're just kind of still jumping into that. For those folks just starting out in business or, or wanting, you know, similar to you or maybe a, a year or so behind you that are thinking about it. What do you think? What's some advice? I'll use a baseball. Um, there you go. All somewhat right. of a baseball. Bo, a Bo Jackson. How about that? A Bo Jackson. Bo. Yeah. Um, Bo knows. Bo knows. Or who, who's this? Just do it. Yes. Okay. Because I think there's always going to be, and I think one of your prior um, podcasts contributors talked about friction in the purchasing decision. Right. Um, there's always going to be fric- friction in, in starting a new business. There's always going to be risks related. There's always going to be question marks, a lot of them. And, and I think it's just maybe it's part of my personality or just experience and from the people I've worked with over the years, mentors, you know, just dive in and, and, and go do it. And there's, you're going to run across problems. You're going to solve them. And as long as you believe, and I know it's, it's very cliche, but if you believe in it and you enjoy what you're doing, I think you're going to, you know, get over those hurdles. Um, so I guess the only advice I've had, if, if, if you have something that you're passionate about, just do it, just start, just get into it. And like me, it was different. I had to delay this for two years right. for, you know, but um, figure out how to do it yeah. and, um, and commit to it. I think good things were going to happen. Yeah. Good. So, good. And yeah. you still stuck with the water, just dive in. Right. I know. Yeah, that's all right. Sorry right. about that. Yeah. 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 Just take your swing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Take a swing. There we go. Take Something a swing. like that. Right. Um, well, I just, I, I love the brand. And again, I encourage folks jump in waterhigh.com. I think you're going to love it. Like I do. It is such a clever, unique, and just wonderful brand and unique artwork. Um, can I mention, I, I, can I, I mention one, one more thing? No, no, you're done. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. One last thing is in the future, because there was a question mark from a seasonality standpoint, is yeah. this a seasonal brand? Yes. Look for Mountain High to come. Ah, yes. So that's another thing yes. that's in the works. And that I love the water high stuff, but growing up as a farm boy in Nebraska, we were not anywhere near water. So right, right. The only water I saw was shooting out of a irrigation spigot. But the mountains, though, that. 
not that there are mountains in Nebraska. My wife will be the first to kick me. Like, what are you talking about? But, right. You know, we can yeah. go out to Colorado and go see uh, mountains pretty easily. And yeah, uh, I love I love the mountain high concept as well. So good, good. All right. Well, Dave, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been great. Great. Yeah. Great to learn about water high and. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate yeah, it. It's been yeah, fun. Yeah, yep. everything you got going. I know I'm going to wish you the best success, but I know it's 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 there for you. It's a, a great concept you have. All right. And again, check out uh, Water High and uh, all of the great stuff, waterhigh.com. And that's the ball game, folks. Thanks for joining us today. If you liked our show, please tell your friends, subscribe, and of course, hit that review. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll see you around the ballpark. Park. Running the Bases with Small Businesses is brought to you by 38 Digital Market, a digital marketing agency committed to client growth with lead generation, higher conversions, and increased sales. Connect with us today at 38digitalmarket.com.